0: Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June 2024. Good luck.
1: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more
0: Hello, I'm David Marleson from The Evening Standard. Follow The Leader or hit subscribe and you'll get our news, analysis and commentary every day at 4pm. Give us a rating whenever you get your podcast too. Now, from The Evening Standard in London, this is The Leader. With lockdown over, London is unleashed, sort of, under tier two restrictions, of course. There's a vaccine on the way too. It's no wonder people are excited, particularly at the idea of getting out of the house at the weekend. And coronavirus cases in the capital are falling. It's just that they're not falling as fast as they once were. And that's got doctors worried. In the Evening Standard, the London Director of Public Health England, Professor Kevin Fenton, is warning, if people don't stick to the rules this weekend, the capital will be plunged into Tier 3. That's no shops, no bars, no cinemas, theatres, those things that make London, London. I'm now joined by Dr Paul Mackay from Imperial College London. Dr Mackay, is Professor Renton right that the city is at risk of going into Tier 3?
1: Well, it's always possible, and if the infection rate goes up, of course the government will uh, make a decision based on that infection rate and may may decide to put london into tier 3 which is not anything anybody wants
0: no and that infection rate it does seem to still be going down but doctors are saying that it's that rate of that fall appears to be slowing is the concern that if it's if the fall rate slows that it might start going back up again
1: i think that is definitely a concern we don't want to you know, um, scare anybody. But uh, with the rates going down because of a tighter lockdown, once you listen to that, it's possible that it will go up and we may go back into a lockdown and nobody wants that, especially with the vaccine on the horizon.
0: Are you expecting people having spent all of these weeks in lockdown? To throw out the doors and just go a bit wild.
1: Yeah, but I think we all kind of expect that a little bit, and it's a, a natural response, of course, because you know we have uh, people have been cooped up in their homes for such a long time, and this is the second time, and people are fed up. It's coming up to Christmas; people want to go and do their shopping. The shops um, uh, are opening again, so it's only natural that people are going to want to go out. Um, but people need to be careful because just because you might catch coronavirus. And people think that if you're a young person and that um, you're healthy, that that's not something you should really worry about, but actually you should worry about it because while we are very well aware that old people and people with underlying conditions are the people who suffer most from this disease and some of whom die, there's a lot of other aspects to this disease. Uh, For example, the fatigue, the uh, brain fog, the skin rashes, the scarring in the lungs. And that's not necessarily in the older people or people that have the severe disease. It's in people who have mild disease who are younger as well.
0: And those symptoms for some people seem to last a long time in some cases. In fact, we don't really know if or when they'll stop.
1: We don't, exactly. Um, it's, It's called the long COVID syndrome now. And that long COVID syndrome, uh, effects, it seems to be about one in 30 people who become infected with coronavirus with a mild infection who are young. So, you know, don't get this disease.
0: Perhaps this time next year, a vaccine will be ready. Maybe we can wait for another year. Or would that be too optimistic, Paul?
1: So I think the vaccine will come online uh, from, you know, end of this year, it will take a long time to roll out because it is a massive endeavour. It is a a massive uh, thing to get this vaccine to everyone. Um, Once we protect the most vulnerable people and the frontline health workers, it will then be rolled out to other people and the vaccine will make a dramatic impact. But we just need to hold on for that extra time just to make sure that, that, that we don't have another lockdown and the vaccine will do its work. There's light at the end of the time.
0: There's more on this story in the newspaper and at uk now. One of the things given a lifeline at least by Tier 2 in London is one of our greatest traditions, Christmas theatre, including pantomime, the Palladiums among some, not all venues, which is putting on a socially distanced run. And there are other festive performances too, like A Christmas Carol starring Simon Russell Beale at the bridge. Evening Standard critic Nick Curtis has seen it, and he's with me now. Now, Nick, there's an embargo on reviews, but we can talk about what it was like just to be there, back in a
2: theatre at Christmas, How was it? As with all theatres these days, you're supposed to turn up at a specific time slot within about 10 minutes. I turned up early, hoping to speak to some people going there, and they were all there (laughs) about an hour beforehand, queuing round Potter's Field outside the Bridge Theatre. Very socially distanced, you know, all of them very keeping keeping a respectful space, but all of them um, absolutely gagging to get back into the theatre again, I think.
0: Was there an excitement there, just within the audience itself, even before the curtain came up, so to speak?
2: Yeah, I think so, definitely. I mean, uh, if we were in any doubt that there's a hunger there for uh, live entertainment amongst the population of London, then I think that night, last night, totally dispelled it. I think people are really are really desperate to get back to see some live entertainment, not just theatre, but you know, music, comedy as well, I believe. A few months back, Nick, we were talking on the podcast to Simon
0: Callow about the demise of the pantomime, and he thought it would be ruinous for theatre.
2: We've just about got away with it this year, though, haven't we? Panto is not dead! No, it isn't. Oh, no it isn't. It's not as healthy as it it would like to be. Some theatres did have to cancel their pantos this year, for instance, Hackney Empire, which puts on a very famous, very popular panto every year, and some of the other outer London theatres had to take a decision earlier in the year to cancel it, in order not to lose a tonne of money on it. But a few are going ahead. There's some opening this weekend. Cinderella, the socially distanced panto, which is supposed to be a bit naughty, a bit camp at the Turbine Theatre in Battersea, and then we have uh, Potted Panto at the Garrick uh, is opening on Sunday, which is promises to be, I think it's 12 or 14 pantos in the space of 70 minutes. And it just wouldn't be the same. Theatre in
0: London wouldn't be the same without having that pantomime aspect to it at Christmas, wouldn't it? I mean, we all we know that it might not be high art but it's great fun.
2: Well, along with Morris dancing, it is our only Indigenous art form uh, for good or ill. I think we just have to own That really, oh yes, we do, but it's also it it plays a a vast part in first of all introducing younger children to theatre for the first time. Quite often, it is a person's first show they will ever see. It's quite a nice sort of primer um, to get people to get people sort of hooked into theatre, and it's also the places where a lot of smaller theatres and a lot of regional theatres actually make their money, which funds the rest of their programme for the year.
0: Now, putting your critic hat aside and just talking as somebody who genuinely loves theatre, knowing that performances are coming back,
2: how do you feel about it? right now i'm delighted i can't tell you how good it was uh, it felt to be back into a theater it was a month since i had been to see a show that was death of england delroy at the national which was november the 4th i believe and so yes december the 3rd i went to see the first the very first performance of a christmas carol at the bridge theater um i'm going to see it again to review it next week so i can't tell you much about the show um but it was a delight to be back in a theater You can read more from Nick at standard.co.uk. And that's The Leader.
0: We're back on Monday.
2: Hi, I'm Lawrence Delaglio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.
1: Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter.